0: What's going on, everyone? This is Zach. And Will. And we are the Title Chasers.
1: we are here on episode two, and it is officially one week into the regular season for the major leagues. Uh, so yeah, it's been pretty interesting so far. I mean, the division leaders in the American League and NL uh, are looking uh, rather surprising in a couple of places. One place is the AL East. Uh, I think it's a good place to start. The Tampa Bay Rays are off to a hot
0: streak. Yeah, definitely. Their pitching has been amazing the first seven games. I've
1: been decently surprised, you know. They've got some awesome pitchers. Who was it that won the Cy Young last year? It was a, it was a Ray, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. But anyway, the Rays are just, you know, they're doing pretty good so far. The um,
0: Orioles are 4-2. Oh, oh. Yeah, that won't last. That won't last.
1: Buck Showalter's gone, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love how everyone was, like, in, in uh, Baltimore was freaking out that he left. But, you know, his last season was the worst regular season record in Orioles history. Not I only mean, that,
0: it's one of the worst regular seasons of all time in the Major <laughs> League history. And Major and, Leagues, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but it started in the 1800s. So, yeah, you got to be pretty bad to be that bad yeah so you know everyone's
1: saying oh buck show walter please don't go honestly i think he's a mediocre coach okay? out, out,
0: out the door yeah he,
1: he wasn't that great get the boot you're out of here so i don't expect the orioles to last too much this year uh it's early in the season so it's uh it's uh hard to tell what'll happen uh the red Sox are currently at the bottom right down there with the yankees but they're two of the most stacked teams in baseball, so I can't imagine that they're going to stay down there. Certainly not the Yankees, you know. Uh, after you know seeing the way that they've been batting in spring training, yeah. You know, so
0: I will say, uh, our pitching so far has been treacherous. We've been awful the first seven games pitching wise. Yeah. Um, but granted, we have lost to two teams that have fared pretty well so far. The Mariners are seven and one. And they yeah. look—they look like a force to be reckoned with so far. And the Athletics—they're—they're um, they're not a bad team. So yeah, I'll take it with a grain of salt, as should everyone else. It's only seven games in, and we have another 150 games to watch. So check in. If we're still struggling in late May, that's when you need to really be worried. Yeah. But so far, I'm not worried. I kind of predicted that we were going to struggle right out of the gate. So nothing to worry about so far in the uh, in the AL. As far as the, as the National League goes, so far our, our NL East picks are looking really interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. This is really interesting. For those who didn't listen last week, um, me and Zach went at it a bit over uh, who's going to take the NL East. I have the Mets, okay? I'm rooting for what has historically been proven as the underdog team, okay? And I want them to go yard this year. Now, um, Zach is joining the Bryce Harper bandwagon, okay, and uh, siding with the Phillies. So, yeah,
0: I can't wait to uh, see the Mets
1: uh, take the regular season, you know.
0: As of right now, uh, the Mets are uh, the leaders in the NL East, along with the Phillies at 4-1. and one. Um, So they're a half game back. But uh, what are your thoughts on the season so far in the NL East? So far, it's kind
1: of going the way I saw. I pictured the Phillies and Mets to be uh, competing pretty good right out the gate. Uh, I think the Braves are going to peak up too soon. Uh, They're a really good team as well, you know, and um, I expect them to uh, be in contention for – um, the NL East as well. Uh, they're a really good team, and I don't expect the Nationals to do much. No. I know other people have said that they can contend as well, but no. I don't think that they're going to go yard this year. And Honest- the Marlins, do I even need to say anything about that?
0: <laughs> I think so far it's gone exactly the way I was predicting it to go. Yeah. The Marlins at the bottom, the Nationals in fourth, the Braves in third, and the Phillies and Nationals first and second yeah Uh, i don't think the nationals are going to be that great this year in fact i think they will be sellers at the deadline that's my prediction yeah uh, i think the braves will be contending with the nl east i don't know if they'll necessarily win this year um they did resign um they sent they signed ronald acuna to an extension so um Mm. good for him i think he's uh a solid young player so good for them and
1: then uh, in the NL Central, I want to get to that, the Brewers are doing exactly what I think we've all expected them to do right out the gate. They're 6-1. They have one of the best records in baseball. Uh, I said that the Cubs are going to take the division last week. I'm going to change that prediction right now. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to side with the Brew crew now. Uh, I think the, them and the Cardinals are going to be uh, at the top of the NL Central and yeah they're You're just changing your fire. prediction
0: five games in five to six games in yeah
1: honestly i'm not happy with the way the cubs look i think they're declining from their uh peak in 2016 so
0: yeah i can agree with that a little bit um Kristen yelich shout out to you you've been fantastic so far mm. on to the nl west uh the Dodgers have been the Dodgers have been pretty good. The Padres are four and three. I expect them to decline. They're not going to be second come season's end. Yeah. Um, and then the Rockies are the Rockies will be will will improve. They haven't batted too well, uh, so far in the season. And then the the Diamondbacks and Giants are pretty much where I expect them to be by season's end. So, yeah. So another thing we were going to talk about uh, for baseball was. Bryce Harper's booing. There's now there's two of them that we're talking about. Yeah. He's been booed a few times. Um, one was his uh, season debut at uh, the Phillies stadium uh, along with when he came back to DC. Now, what are your thoughts on that? All right. Now, first of all,
1: um, with Philadelphia, uh, he went Owen three that game. Yes. And they, uh, I'm not sure if they were all strikeouts. I think at least two of them were, you know, and, uh, by the third strikeout, uh, they were all booing', them, you know, And that's because Phillies fans are just rough, all right. They uh, are really, really, really into sports. They're a huge sports city. And uh, not only that, but this is one of the biggest moves in the offseason. It was one of the only moves in the offseason because of how atrocious the MLB offseason is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's been atrocious, honestly.
1: But, um, uh, yeah, Bryce Harper signed this huge deal. He's getting paid the big bucks by the Phillies front office. And he's supposed to be the best player in baseball, okay? One of the best batters, the best baller, all right? So, uh, when you come to Philadelphia opening day and in your own stadium you go 0-3, that doesn't show Phillies fans that you're showing up to play, that you're showing up to ball, that you're showing up to hit them out of the park. Okay, you know? but also it so, was it
0: was the first game of his contract like relax a little bit you you begged and pleaded with them for him to sign because he had a few other offers somewhere else he chose philadelphia yeah and then the first game he struggles you boo him i think that's disrespectful to bryce harper
1: yeah but then again uh looking at it from the mind of a philadelphia fan you know uh first impressions i think are very crucial and very important you know and so you know to be struggling out the gate like that in his first game
0: yes probably
1: put a bad taste in philadelphia's mouth
0: you'll be fine when he wins you a title don't you you guys can bitch and moan all you want but when you guys are in the playoffs this year after however many years you guys have sucked you'll you'll feel sorry for what you did so yeah Yeah, it's just
1: like one of those things like i don't know if you remember last season in boston Now, me and Zach can speak on this personally because we're both New Englanders, all right? Boston fans are insanely critical, okay? Remember opening day last year against the Rays? We got crushed, and everybody wanted Cora fired after his first game as a Red Sox manager. And then look at what happened. We had the best season in Red Sox history,
0: you know? So. (laughs) Yeah, and then uh, he came to... He uh, had his reunion with the Washington Nationals. Oh, uh, his good old homecoming. And that was exactly what I was expecting. Uh, They booed him hard. That was such an emotional game. I watched the
1: recap, and it was awesome.
0: I got to say, though, he got the last laugh. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of glad the way it went. Did you see the way he was taunting the crowd
1: afterwards too? Yeah. That was hilarious. Oh. I got to
0: say, I I've kind of gained some respect for Bryce Harper since he signed with the Phillies. I think he's done a number for the MLB because he got out of that terribly dysfunctional, awful organization. I mean, if you remember correctly, they played they were the the Montreal Expos before then, and yeah. they were terrible. They were just atrocious. In fact, they left because nobody was going to their games because they were such a joke. So they moved to Washington and they continue to be awful for the next 15 years that they've been there. And then they have two straight first overall picks. They have Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper. Steven Strasburg uh, has been pretty solid, I think, but he suffered through uh, several injuries and then Bryce Harper put them on the map. And then what does their dysfunction lead them to first round exits. And with, players like Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg they had Gio Gonzalez for a while who's a good uh good ace and then they have Bryce Harper and what do they do they choke so Bryce Harper getting tired of losing leaves obviously he goes for you can say he went for the money but I kind of disagree with that a little bit yeah he was looking for a big contract but if he was looking for money he would have signed with the Dodgers they were offering him 45 million dollars a year and then the Nationals were giving him 10 years 300 million now, the Phillies' offer is 13 years, 325. He took a little bit of a pay cut for longevity and stability. So, yeah. Hats off to you, Bryce Harper. I hope you succeed in Philadelphia, and I think you will.
1: Yeah, honestly, I don't know what Nationals fans were expecting. You deal with a team which, since its uh, infancy in Montreal, has dealt with mediocrity, okay, and failure and underperformance. You know, they never got past the ALD, the NLDS in Bryce, the Bryce Harper era, you know. So then, you know, and their roster throughout uh, Bryce Harper's career has been fairly stacked,
0: you know. They should have at least won a few playoff rounds. They ascended. should at
1: least have one National League pennant, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: they were loaded. They were loaded. So,
1: yeah, I I don't blame Bryce for leaving, and I don't think Nationals fans either. You know, I think the Nationals need to be managed better. That's my thing. You know, I
0: think the need to not be dysfunctional. Yeah. I'm sorry that your team was so terrible when you were in <laughs> Montreal. I mean, you guys were absolutely atrocious. What do you guys expect? You guys are historically awful. Yeah. You've had great pitch. Pe- Pedro Martinez played for the Expos. Hmm. Andre Dawson. These are Hall of Famers that have played for your terrible franchise. <laughs> and what are the thanks they get? Nothing. They all leave. You know why they all leave? Because your organization sucks. So you can boo him all you want, but when he's hosting a World Series title and you guys are bitching and moaning down in the bottom of the standings, I'm not going to care.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Nationals fans should just start booing their managers. They should start booing the front office. They should start booing their general manager. They should, you know, just start booing their history, you know? And try to actually compete.
0: Or know? another suggestion is move away from Washington because every team in Washington sucks. You got lucky with the cap. You got lucky with the Capitals. Congrats. Ouch. When Alex Ovechkin retires in a few years, then every team will suck. Yeah. The Redskins. Oh boy, they got Case Keenum. How exciting! They'll be a great third place finish. The Wizards. They'll be a great eighth seed one day. Maybe if they get a few pieces. I think it's just maybe it's just because Washington itself is dysfunctional with, you know, corporate America. Yeah. But every Washington seems every Washington team is just awful. The yeah. Nationals are dysfunctional, the Wizards are dysfunctional, the Redskins are dysfunctional. It
1: fits the city so well. So well. <laughs> Congratulations, you snakes. Yeah.
0: Moving on to basketball now. Uh we're looking ahead to the NBA lottery and as of right now, the top 3 Lottery teams are the Knicks, Cavs, and Suns. So our topic today is about who should win the lottery. Hmm. Who are your thoughts? Well,
1: honestly, uh, I'm going to go with the Knicks. I think they should win the lottery, you know? Um, I feel like the Knicks have struggled in the past. Uh, They're another team that's, you know— I think it's more recent. They've shown um, some struggle, you know, but they've got a devoted fan base or an iconic franchise, their name, you know.
0: Madison Square Garden. I mean, say no more.
1: So honestly, I would love to see the first round pick, which looks like it's going
0: to be Zion Williamson. There is no if. Zion Williamson will be the number one overall pick. Yeah. So whoever wins the lottery this year is getting a 15-year Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so let me tell you the one team that definitely shouldn't, and that's the Cavaliers. Yes. You can go on in greater detail than I, but the fact that they have sacrificed so many first-round picks and ended up with nothing is unbelievable.
0: Okay. Okay, for one thing, I'll get to the Suns later and the Knicks later. As far as the Cavs, who the hell wants Zion in Cleveland? Nobody wants Zion in Cleveland. That would destroy his career. You know why they're a lottery team every year? Because they're awful. They got lucky in 2003. They got LeBron James. And he carried their team for seven years. With a bag of pennies and a sack of potatoes alongside him. The second best player was Zrudis Ogelskis. For average NBA fans, you don't know him. Because nobody does. Because he's a bum. And then he leaves and you burn his jersey... He joins the Heat, he wins two titles, and then for some reason, he comes back to Cleveland to win you a title. And never mind the fact that in those four years, you have three number one overall picks. You pick Anthony Bennett, the biggest NBA bust of all time, Anthony Wiggins, who's a disappointment, and a Kyrie, who's a can't-miss player. Congratulations, you, you you hit right on Kyrie Irving. The only thing you got right in that time. Never mind the fact that you went from 60 wins with LeBron to 19. Please, NBA, we all know you, you rigged the lottery. That's a whole other discussion. For the love of God, do not give the Cavaliers the number one overall pick. You will ruin Zion's career. Now, as far as the Suns go, they've been picking in the lottery... For the last 15 years, it feels like. They've been in the lottery for so long. They already have a decent team, I feel like. They just don't win for whatever reason. Maybe it's just because they're in Arizona. And we talked about it last week. <laughs> and if you're, Aaron, if you're in Arizona, you just don't win. Yeah. But you have Devin Booker. You have DeAndre Ayton. And you have a few other nice players. And you guys can pick. You know, there's, there's other nice players. But don't give Zion to the Suns. They already have Devin Booker. They have DeAndre Ayton. Nobody wants him in Phoenix. Put him on the Knicks. He'll be in a big market where he belongs. And his career will take off. He'll get a massive shoe deal. He'll get a massive contract. And he'll be in the spotlight. And he'll be... He'll bring the Knicks back to their glory. And it's been a long time since they've been in their glory. Ever since Patrick Ewing retired, they've been horrendous. So, please... Please, Adam Silver, if you are happening to be listening, give Zion to the Knicks. And then the Suns, they can have John Morant. And then the Cavs, they'll find a way to screw it up. So I'm not worried. Just don't let them pick first. Because nobody's going to not pick Zion, number one. And if they do, the only team that would do something that stupid and idiotic is the Cavs. So for the love of God, for the fate of humanity. Do not give the Cavs the number one overall pick. Please.
1: Here, here. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you just nailed it on the head. I, I want to see Zion go to the Knicks. That's my thing. So
0: So also, uh, we're gonna make our picks right now if you're uh if you're down. MVP rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, sixth man. Who you got? all right so first of all for mvp this is my
1: personal opinion of course uh i think james harden has a good chance of becoming the uh mvp in my opinion i think he should you know uh he's uh currently the best scorer in the nba without a doubt i'm just gonna interrupt you real
0: quick because we both agree on this james harden is having perhaps one of the top five offensive seasons of all time it's unbelievable yeah how many games in a row did he have 30 points? Like, oh. and never mind the fact that he's averaging, what, 37 points a game? Yeah. He's yep. been remarkable this season. He deserves the MVP. No yeah. offense to Giannis. Giannis has been great, too, but yeah, continue. Yeah, no, Giannis has
1: been good, but honestly, he's also competing in the East, mind you. And I feel like the East is easier than the West, you know? I don't think it's as much of a divide as it used to be, but mm-hmm. I think there's still a case for it, so...
0: OK, what do you got for who do you got for rookie? It's pretty much between Trey Young and uh, Luka Doncic.
1: Honestly, that's a tough one because I think both of them are really awesome players. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Luka Doncic. Am I saying that right? Donk?
0: Luka Doncic.
1: Doncic. OK, yeah,
0: I agree, I agree on this <laughs> one, too. So I got to say that he's put the Mavs on the map. Yeah.
1: We're so, this is supposed to be a podcast where we like argue with each other, but we're on the same but, page but with we're, this. We're one. we're on we're on the
0: same page with these ones. <laughs> yeah. Um mostly because James Harden has been he's had one of the best off sometimes the MVP is easier than you think. Yeah. When it was between Russell Westbrook and James Harden, there was a serious argument. One was averaging a triple-double, the other one was having another phenomenal season. But this year, James Harden's having one of the best offensive seasons of all time. Yeah. If you're as far as value goes, Okay, Giannis might deserve it a little more because so the. So,
1: ruckus- in the event that we couldn't pick James Harden, you'd pick Giannis.
0: Yeah. Okay. If yeah. It, let's say Giannis wins the MVP, I wouldn't be against that because he's been very valuable for the Bucks, and the Bucks are the number one seed, so good for them. Yeah. Rookie of the year, I think it's Luca. Yeah. Um, Trey Young's been good, um, but in my opinion, I mean, they touted him as the next Steph Curry in the draft. They put him as, oh, he's the next Steph Curry. He can shoot threes. He shot 33% this year, so I'm not impressed. When you can, when you can shoot 40% from three, yeah. I'll give you a round of applause. So you
1: think the hype kind of killed uh, yeah.
0: your expectations? What's interesting, bit. though, is that um, in the draft, uh, Dallas and Atlanta traded picks. So originally, Luka was picked by the Hawks, and the Mavs picked Trey Young, and they sw- flipped picks. So That's it, interesting. It'll be interesting to see how their careers intertwine, but I think so far... Um, I don't really think either one lost the, the deal by any means, but I think Luka has put the Mavericks on the map, um, and I think they'll be a serious threat next year, Yeah, depending on who, where and who they pick up uh, in the process. Hmm. Moving on to the defensive player in the year, I have Giannis. Um, a few people might argue Paul George and Rudy Gobert. Um, Giannis has just been an absolute freight train. He has 1.5 blocks, 1.3 steals. He's been absolutely incredible. I think Giannis deserves at least a little bit of hardware this year. He'll probably get All NBA First Team. But what are your thoughts on the Defensive Player of the Year?
1: Well, honestly, I really like Paul George.
0: You know, really okay. Um,
1: I think he's a really solid player. You know, and I, you know, um, I think he's really, really tight. You know, he's done a lot for his franchise. You know, the Thunder. I wish they didn't choke as much in the postseason as they do, but. <laughs> Um, he's awesome. I think Giannis, though, he's also definitely really in contention with that. I think uh, either one of them deserve it, pretty good. But
0: yeah, I definitely think Giannis has been. Um, he's had a a, a very good season so far. So yeah, I would I would give it to Giannis. Uh,
1: now you are mentioning Giannis quite a bit, so I got to ask you about uh, what you think he'll be doing coming up in the playoffs. How do you think he's going to fare and the Bucs are going F- to fare?
0: I think uh, they'll definitely beat the eighth seed because, yeah. you know, um, the Bucs matched up against the Heat or the Magic or whoever wins out, they're, they're not going to beat the Bucks. The Bucs are going to stomp them. Um, and then if they're matched up with against the Celtics, um, I think the Celtics are a better team. The only reason why the Celtics aren't a number one seed is because they've been struggling this year with chemistry. But in the last podcast, I mentioned how we're going to flip a switch. And I still think we do that. But yeah. I think uh, that will be their kryptonite, will be the Celtics um, yeah. facing off against them. And we'll, it'll, be, it'll be a great series, no doubt, six or seven games. But I think the Celtics will ultimately end the Bucks' season. A lot of people have been comparing them to like the Hawks or how the Raptors have been in the last few years, where they own the regular season. And then they falter out in the playoffs. That's how I think the Bucks are going to be this year. Yeah, I like Giannis a lot. I like Chris Middleton. Um, I like their addition of Paul Gasol. That's a good. That's really good moves. But I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to end up going very far. Unfortunately. Yeah.
1: Now, one thing about the Celtics, I want to ask you about real quick is. Um, uh, the first round in the playoffs. So if the playoffs were to start today, it would be Celtics and Pacers. But at the moment, they're both tied, forty-seven and thirty-two. So do you feel like uh, whoever gets home court advantage would have an edge in
0: that? No. No. I think the Celtics still beat them. Yeah. Because mostly, because I don't think there's going to be a game seven, in which case the Pacers wouldn't have the advantage. Yeah. The Pacers are a little better than uh, I, I kind of made fun of them last week. Um, I want to kind of refute that a little bit. Uh, I don't think uh, the Pacers are that bad, but I just think matched up against the Celtics, um, especially with the loss of Victor Oladipo, their star player, um, they just don't have enough players around them. Like, yeah. You think Thaddeus Young is going gonna, is gonna to take down Marcus Morris? You think – Dante Sabonis, Demonte Sabonis is going to take down Al Horford. It's just like matching up, we beat them almost in every category. So, yeah, Darren Collison versus Kyrie. I mean, these are these are elementary comparisons, in my opinion. So I think we beat the Pacers. I'm not really worried about that. Yeah. On to um, and then last one is the sixth man. I have Lou Williams for the the Clippers. Hmm. I believe he won last year. Um, The Clippers have been outstanding this year. They weren't even supposed to make the playoffs this year. I think they're sitting at the five seed right now. So shout out to the Clippers. They've been fantastic this year. Yeah. I've been loving it. Lou Williams, you said? Yeah. Yeah.
1: He was he was the uh, winner last year of that title, too, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. And Yeah, the Clippers have honestly uh, surprised me, you know, the way they've been contending in the West. I honestly thought looking at it, back uh last fall that the Lakers were gonna have a better record than them (laughs) simply because of LeBron but the way it just fell apart let's be
0: honest that Lakers season has been an absolute disaster
1: it was so bad I feel like we gotta (laughs)
0: talk about that for a second oh my god they've been horrible they've been absolutely horrible this season I mean granted they were doing okay before LeBron got injured and hurt his groin or whatever but oh my god i think honestly the anthony davis trade or what would have been that was ultimately what destroyed the season i mean they were offering up seven players for anthony davis that's ridiculous yeah you gotta you gotta chill guys magic what are you doing you might be one of the best players of all times you are not one of the best gms
1: oh yeah yeah Something about play uh, phenomenal players going on to be managers and s- big sports teams. It's just Michael fun. Jordan, <laughs> Derek Jeter, <laughs> Derek Jeter.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, poor Jeter. I love you, man. But it's what usually are you doing the middle of Florida? the road. It's usually the middle of the road that does pretty well. Elton Brand, he's done a good job as the 76ers GM. Yeah, just to name one. Alex Core has been a great coach so far, but. Yeah, the oh my god, the magic's have been off oh, the Lakers have been absolutely horrendous this year. And I think because of it, they're not gonna get the marquee free agents that they thought they were gonna get. Yeah. They're not gonna get Kyrie. They're not gonna get Kevin Durant. They're not gonna get Kawhi. So just, just stop. Magic, yeah. settle for a Kemba Walker, settle for a Jimmy Butler, try to get a Demarcus Cousins if you can. But you guys aren't gonna you guys aren't gonna get who you think you're gonna get. You yeah. guys aren't that great this year. They keep thinking they're gonna get Clay Thompson. Why is he gonna go from the what's soon going to be the three-time defending champions to go to your bum ass team nobody wants nobody (laughs) wants nobody wants to leave the three-time defending champions to go play for the who's going to be 35 year old lebron after a groin injury with a bunch of bums like lonzo ball
1: Ouch! Ouch! Can we just oh, admit it now, Lonzo that's Ball? That's right. Spit your
0: flames, boy. <laughs> Lonzo Ball is a bust.
1: Yeah, honestly, he was supposed. They they were really talking him up when he entered the NBA. You know, he's not. He's a bum. And I know his dad was talking him up a lot on first. Yeah, take, that's because but... Lamar Ball is an idiot.
0: <laughs> and now look at them now big baller brand is bankrupt and yeah that's all done now he's gonna go somewhere else thank god and hopefully LeVar Ball never opens his mouth again so yeah everybody type f in
1: the chat for the Lakers regular season um (laughs) really terrible uh but yeah no I figured they would at least be in the postseason you know with LeBron but they haven't you know and it's tragic but And you mentioned Kyrie a second ago. I just want to talk about this real quick. Uh, I know the story last couple of months has been uh, where Kyrie might be going after this season, Uh, but it looks like the Celtics are doing a lot better towards the end of the season, going into the playoffs. If they have good success in the playoffs, do you think Kyrie uh, might stay in Boston?
0: I honestly think it's been a little overblown with Kyrie. Now, I think there's two places he goes. He either re-signs with the Celtics, which I think is the best option. I've heard the Knicks. But if you think about it, if he can bring someone like Kevin Durant to the Knicks and they win the lottery with Zion, that's a good team. And as much as I don't want him to leave, that's probably his second best option. He's not going to the Lakers. So ESPN, relax. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to leave the Celtics to go ride the coattails of LeBron James. Yeah. Stop it. Seriously, he's not going to the Clippers. What are the other ones? They've just said some of the stupidest things. Yeah, it's unbelievable. If he's leaving the Celtics, he's going to the Knicks. Yeah, but I think he's staying with the Celtics. Yeah, especially if we get someone like Anthony Davis, who, I mean, we can give him a truckload of picks, and I say, fair go with them. Just get rid. Re- I don't understand why we hoard assets. Just give, us, just give them any pick they ask for. Give them four picks. I don't care. We don't need picks anymore. We're yeah. in title contention. So on that note, um, I want to segue into kind of an interesting topic that I feel like uh, a lot of sports uh, podcasts don't really touch upon often. Uh, or enough, really. So, uh, UConn's women's basketball just made their 12th consecutive Final Four. Mm. Which... I know, you know, people, they make their jokes about uh, women's basketball, um, WNBA in particular. And, you know, while that might not be completely fair, I kind of understand why. um, Why watch the WNBA when you can watch the NBA. But this is honestly one of the best dynasties in professional sports history. Like this is up here with the 60s Celtics, with Jordan's Bulls, with the Yankees of the 20s through the 60s. Like this is an amazing run. In their 12 years, in their 12 consecutive Final Fours, the UConn's women's basketball team is 441-18. and That's 444 wins with 18 losses in 12 years. So maybe one or two teams a year put a chink in that record. Other than that, they've been flawless. And not only that, but in those 12 years, they have a 90-game winning streak and a 111-game winning streak. That's remarkable. I mean, we haven't seen anything like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that it's never talked about. I mean, the thing with uh, women's basketball, particularly the WNBA, I know everybody just sort of likes to meme it, you know? (laughs)
0: They like to make a joke of it.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, my thing with the WNBA, I think this is my biggest criticism of the WNBA, is they try to market it as the exact same thing as the NBA, except for women. Okay, I think that they should just market it differently if they want to see increased popularity around the league. You know, uh, the fact that they're just marketing it as an NBA clone—that's why nobody watches it.
0: You know. Yeah, because they watch the game and they see that there's no stars. Yeah. The NBA is great because of all the stars. Yeah. And never mind the fact that they're the best players in the world. And there are great UConn. There are great women's basketball players. Maya Moore, Candice Parker, Brittany Greiner, they're great players, but you can't highlight those players enough when you have the NBA right there, and every every team has a star to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right with the way they market it. Uh, but back to you and uh, UConn's women's basketball. Um, in that run, okay, they have 14 consecutive 31 seasons. Now, yeah. there's about 40 games in a season, give or take, including the playoffs. That's remarkable. Six national titles in that span. That's incredible. They had four straight national titles um, from 2011 to 2015. Absolutely incredible. I wish that more sports talk shows would talk about it because it's truly amazing. I mean, oh, it's G- unbelievable. Gene Ariyama is one of the best coaches of all time.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where you'd love this team, especially if you're into college sports in particular. I know people that follow college sports more than they do, you know, the NBA or the MLB or the NFL,
0: you know? And I'm definitely not one of those people by any means. But for someone who doesn't really follow women's basketball, I watch UConn when I have the time to because they're great to watch and they're just so great. And in that 90-game winning streak, they weren't just beating teams. They were – dominating they were beating them by 20 30 40 50 60 points yep, at some point yeah. and if
1: there's one thing i know about you is that your favorite thing in sports is
0: dominance absolutely and that should be everybody's so yeah what, I we'll, mean, what we'll talk about next week is how people secretly love dynasties because <laughs> honest to god everybody hates on the warriors everybody hates on the Yankees or, you know, whoever's winning at that time, everybody hates them. Yeah. And then what happens is five years later when that's over, they're like, oh, man, I really missed that time in NBA history. Everyone's like, so right now I say appreciate the Warriors. Aiden, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I A friend was about of, to say. Our friend of ours, Aiden, <laughs> always talks about how he hates the Warriors because they're the best team. Well, tell you what, in five years from now when – They're all old and they've won their titles and there's a new dynasty. You're going to be missing the Warriors because ultimately they're one of the most fun teams to watch in NBA history. And not only that, but they're one of the most dominant teams I've ever seen. Yeah, for me, uh, it was the MLB in the form of the
1: Yankees. The early 2000s Yankees dynasty, I absolutely hated. Derek Jeter, A Rod, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, you know, Mark yeah. Teixeira, you know. So, you know, growing up as a Red Sox fan, I hated them. Yeah. Now that they're all retired, though, I miss those times, bro, you know. Yeah. I look back and I think, damn, Mariano Rivera was awesome you know yeah so I, think, I still kind of hate a rod but besides that
0: <laughs> I think it's different for us because I mean we don't we hate the Yankees and, and I always will no doubt oh um, yeah I still have respect for uh, Derek Jeter Mariano Rivera they're fantastic
1: not Jeter as a manager but as a player
0: <laughs> oh yeah we won't go there but you know I think with dynasties uh, it's easy to hate them when they're on top because they keep beating you they keep beating you, and they keep beating you for several years in a row, and that's yeah. why people hate them. I hated LeBron when he was in Cleveland because every year when we ran into LeBron, he would beat us. He beat our big three. He took Ray Allen from us, and then when he comes back to Cleveland and we face off against them in 2017 as the number one overall pit of uh, one number one overall uh, team in the Eastern Conference, he spanks us, and it was embarrassing. Yeah, and it was terrible. So, you know, I hated LeBron and you can argue that LeBron had a Eastern Conference dominance, um, made it to eight straight uh, NBA finals. But ultimately, it's one of the best runs, uh, one of the best individual feats by any player. Yeah. Uh, And then the same people who hate on Tom Brady. I mean, that's a whole nother argument um, for a different day. But oh,
1: yeah, for a particular friend of ours that's maybe listening to this who will
0: have on eventually. What's um. going to what's going to happen is let's uh, let's let's just get it out of the way right now. Tom Brady is the Michael Jordan of the NFL. There's you're scoffing at it, but it's it's serious. He's made it to he's won 6 titles. He's made it to 9 Super Bowls. He's made it to 13 conference championships in his 19 years. He's the Michael Jordan of the NFL. Exactly. <laughs> the one thing that greatness ensues. It's not if you're going to do it, it's when you're going to do it. With Michael Jordan, if you're down 10 with three minutes left and he has the ball, you're not worried if, if he's going to get that that lead back. It's when he's going to get that lead back. Same goes for Tom Brady. I mean, a great example is the Super Bowl against the Falcons. They're down 28-3, to and he starts chipping away at it. He gets a touchdown. He gets a field goal. He gets another touchdown. Next thing you know, it's 28-19. to We need eight points to win the game. You're not asking if he's going to do it. It's when he's going to do it. And then he marches down the field with a few minutes left, gets the touchdown. And then in overtime, you're not asking if he's going to get a touchdown. It's when is he going to do it and how quick is he going to do it? And then what does he do? He gets a pass, hits a pass, another pass. Next thing you know, he dumps it off to James White. He runs into the end zone. And next thing you know, he's a five-time Super Bowl champion.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. And then
0: another example is against the Chiefs and the the championship game. I was with you. You remember that? We were so bummed. We're like, oh, man, I think the Chiefs are going to beat us. I think they're going to do it. Next thing you know, Tom Brady sets hike, throws it to Edelman, throws it to Gronk, throws it to Hogan. Next thing you know, it's a tie game. And then we're like, what? And then we get the ball again in (laughs) overtime, and it's the same thing. Yeah. He doesn't miss.
1: Yeah. Now, one thing I will like to say about that game, though, it was a phenomenal game. Even if we didn't win, I just, you know, that would have been an amazing game to watch. Absolutely. But one thing I want to say, too, about that game, Patrick Mahomes reminded me a lot of a young Tom Brady, you know? Yeah. Because he got the ball, and he didn't have much time on the clock either, and— he rushed it all the way down the field. He was mimicking Tom Brady a lot, I felt like, his dominance, you know? Yeah. So I feel like eventually, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be that next Tom Brady figure that's just the dominant quarterback, and yeah. everyone else is trying to get at that level,
0: you know? Yeah, I but- mean, I don't know if he'll be Tom Brady level. I don't think, you know, like the his accolades won't mimic him quite as much. But, oh, he'll, yeah. but he'll win a few Super Bowls. He'll make it to a few Super Bowls. He'll win a few MVPs. Patrick Mahomes is big time. Yeah. No but, doubt.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Tom Brady was just completely iconic, you know. And, and maybe when he retires, everybody who hates him now are going to be like, Oh, man, I remember those days. <laughs> he was pretty good after all.
0: Yeah, they'll come around eventually. Um, yeah. But that brings us to the uh, the NFL. Yeah. Um, The Browns this year have been making moves. They got Odell Beckham Jr. They've been making a lot of moves. And a lot of people are putting them as Super Bowl uh, contenders. What are your thoughts on that? All
1: right. All right. Now, first of all, I think that the Browns have been making some amazing moves. All right. Odell Beckham Jr. is a beast. He's a baller. All right. And I like that. Okay. And they do have a very stacked roster. Okay. However, you got to remember this one thing and that's that we're talking about, the Cleveland Browns, okay? Another team to put on the list with the Nationals of a team that has a history, a long history of failure, okay? I want them to succeed. I want them to go yard and make the playoffs, but at the same time, they've got to be able to do it. They have the numbers.
0: Now they have to be able to move those forward. You know what I mean? I think we're on the same page with this one. For all of them, for all of you who are listening, who are hyping up the Browns, pump the brakes, please. <laughs> pump the brakes. They have a second-year quarterback. Now, granted, I love Baker Mayfield. He's big time. They have a rookie head coach, and they have a lot of personalities to deal with. Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Odell Buckham Jr., Baker Mayfield. They have a lot of personalities to mesh. And now, I do think they do mesh. But not only that, but you also have the Ravens in the division, which we'll get to later. Um, And then the Steelers, who are historically a great team. And even though they've lost a few players, I don't see the Steelers going away anytime soon. So um, pump the brakes on the the Browns. I mean, granted, they should be in the conversation, but just relax a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't live up to expectations because... You still have the Patriots, you still have the Chiefs, you still have the Chargers, and you still have the Steelers. And not only that, but other teams are on the come-up. So pump the brakes, relax. The Browns are going in the right direction. They're not going to go 0 16 next year. But pump the brakes, relax, breathe, and just enjoy the ride. Now I want to get to the Ravens. Um, I think the Ravens are going to kind of... They're going to decrease a little bit. They're not going to be as good. Mostly because Lamar Jackson's overrated. He's a great running quarterback, but he's a terrible arm. He's another Tim Tebow. Remember Tim Tebow, 2011? Oh, my God. Tim Tebow. Oh, my God. He won 7-4, beat the Steelers, mostly because of a fantastic defense. And then what happened next year? They cut him. Yeah. They traded him to the Jets, and then the Jets... Dealt with him for a little bit, but they wouldn't even start him over Mark Sanchez. So I think Lamar Jackson, while he's not as bad as Tim Tebow, mostly because Tim Tebow is just horrendous. What an eyesore he was. Gee whiz. Um, I think they're going to regress. They've lost a lot of key players on defense. And we got tape on Lamar Jackson now. He's not going to be running all over your team anymore. Mm. They're going to see his weakness. They're going to try to make him throw the ball. And when he does, he's going to look. They're going to see his noodle arm. And they're going to go, okay, this will be easy. And then that defense that was there last year isn't going to be there this year. And then, yeah. So then the Ravens aren't going to be playoff contenders next year. That's my prediction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I can see how they could decline, you know. Um But at the same time, the Ravens, you know, uh, it's just weird to think that they wouldn't be, uh, post-season contenders to some degree, you know, because mm. growing up, they were always that one team. They always gave the Patriots trouble. To, yeah. You know, but
0: they had Joe Flacco then and Joe Flacco by any is not <coughs> great by any means, but he has a strong arm and Lamar Jackson does not. Lamar Jackson has nothing yeah. for an arm. He has a terrible arm. um, And when it comes to postseason, you need a good quarterback. Just naming a few from last year. Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson. Those are all big-time quarterbacks. You're not going to have the 23rd best quarterback win a playoff game. Yeah. Look at someone like Mitch Trubisky. Have a fantastic defense last year, but he's a mediocre quarterback. And what happens? He doesn't win a playoff game mostly because of a shitty kicker, but you know, that's, that's a different point. Um, but yeah, I would definitely, uh, pump the brakes on, uh, the Ravens a little bit. So, yeah. All right. So it's
1: looking like it's time to wrap things up here on title chasers, but yeah, I think
0: we covered a lot of good topics. What do you think? Absolutely. And we'll definitely have a lot of good topics next week. Uh, DM us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, check us out on Facebook, uh, talk about some predictions uh later on next week and we'll be back here next friday have a good one guys